Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Morning after the Met Gala. How you feeling? A little overwhelmed, to be honest. This year felt a little more overstimulating than normal, no? I think so. I was trying to figure out what it was. I was thinking that maybe it could be like the walking around in the city that we did a little bit before and the energy in the air. Or it could also admittedly be the fact that you and I at the same time had two of the most ill-timed manicures of all time. To your average person, like anyone who really lives for this, the experience of waiting for Ariana to come out already fills you with a certain type of emotion. It's anxiety provoking, it's exciting, it's stressful. So all of that while you are simultaneously running a pop culture account and your hands are fully inaccessible because they are under the UV gel, it it hits different. That's a different type of stress. I wish you could have seen me foil on my nails, hand in plastic glove, pulling the glove up past the knuckle of whichever hand I had accessible at the time to scroll on Twitter with one single knuckle, trying to make sure I was still keeping up with everything that was happening while being completely unable to use my hands. Meanwhile, Rihanna didn't even come out till 1030. Had I known that, I probably would have opted for the wax and pedicure. Before even getting into the red carpet or any of those details, I do just want to take a minute to kind of talk about what the energy was like in the city, the hours leading up to the Met Gala, because I really do think it's a unique experience. And I know so many events happen here all the time, but the thing about the Met Gala, aside from it being you know fashion's most important night, it's rare that you have such intimate knowledge of where all of the celebrities are staying because for the most part, they're at the Carlisle, they're at the Mark. Of course, some of them are at the Ritz, Kim and Kylie, but just walking around those streets, even, you know, I was walking to a doctor's appointment around 2 p.m. and the line outside of the Ritz was wild. And then on my way back up, which is around 545, so within the hour of when Kim and Kylie and anyone else would be walking out of the Ritz, it was madness. I mean, People were climbing up on the poles, holding onto them so they could get a bird's eye view. It's like this beautiful chaos that every single year I feel so lucky to be able to experience. I exist in such a constant state of gratitude for being able to live in New York. It's really never lost on me, but there was just something about Met Gala Monday in the city that hit so differently. It's an indescribable feeling. Like For me, walking past the plaza on my way back downtown and perfectly timing it completely accidentally and seeing Lala Anthony walk out of the plaza to get into her car to be one of the first people to arrive at the red carpet. I was like, how is this real? I know. And I was really thinking about it. I think part of it is the fact that so many times at these events, even Oscars, Grammys, not to say that the celebrities aren't excited to attend, but there's sometimes this feeling of them being almost jaded to it. And there's something about the Met that you still, as a fan, get the feeling that the people attending still think it's cool. And to me, that's, I think, what separates it. 
The only way I can describe it is like the way that I felt yesterday was being a freshman on senior prom night. Yes. What a perfect fucking analogy because that is a specific feeling. Very. Okay, so the theme was Carl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty, passed away in 2019 at the age of 85. And the entire event was really honoring him and his legacy. The co-chairs were Dua Lipa, Michaela Cole, Roger Federer, and Penelope Cruz. The Vogue livestream co-hosts were Lala Anthony, Derek Blasberg, Chloe Feynman, and then Emma Chamberlain, who I gotta say, I think she does an excellent job of really humanizing the celebrity she's interviewing. I think so too. And there's something where you can tell that every celebrity that's talking to her is having so much fun. Like she was interviewing Kendall and Kylie at one point and I was looking at Kylie and I was like, you are loving this. I know. And I think it's because she approaches it with almost an informality, but I mean that in the best way of like, for all of these people, no matter if you're JLo and it's your 13th Met Gala or it's your first time, it's still stressful. You still recognize kind of how high stakes an event this is. And so to have someone that talks about it in a relatively casual way and kind of injects some normalcy into the whole thing, I have to imagine is very refreshing. You know what it is too? It feels like any moment where you're being interviewed by Emma Chamberlain could in the course of 12 hours become the next biggest thing on the internet, the next biggest meme, the next thing that we're going to spend the whole year talking about. And I feel like it's this energy that's completely understood by both Emma Chamberlain and whoever she's interviewing. Totally. And the other thing is like, this job is just inherently a little bit awkward, even the best to do it. I think you have those moments of dead silence. You have those interactions where the person isn't exactly how you anticipated them to be. And I was really thinking about it last night. I think one of her superpowers is that she self-identifies as a little bit awkward. So she fully just leans in. You know, she's not trying to mask it. She's trying to actually embrace those moments. And that's why I think she excels. As fully evident by the Jack Harlow love you. And did you see this year? They had that moment where they acknowledged kind of the viral moment they created last year. Yeah, I loved every second of it. The thing about Lala is that she's naturally friends with so many of these people. So in addition to Kim, Kendall, Kylie, also, you know, Tayana Taylor, Cardi, she just has this real natural flow with them that I find makes it for an enjoyable watch. I know there's a lot of mixed opinions. I saw things online. Some people are not a fan. Some people are. I think this is one of the harder jobs and similar to a Kiki Palmer in a different way. I think she kills it. I think so too. I always get excited to see Lala. But also I got to tell you, um, since you mentioned Kiki, love seeing her on the carpet. She looks beautiful. She's probably one of my best dressed of the night, but God, I miss her in the role of interviewer. Yeah. I mean, as we always say, Kiki Palmer in a category of her own, but getting into some of the red carpet, just some of the tops off the bat, we're obviously not going to cover everyone. And of course, this is entirely subjective, but if you said to me, you have to choose one hands down, who is your number one pick? I think I'm going Anne Hathaway in that Versace tweed. It's an excellent, excellent pick. It's maybe the best pick, although I think that I would have to go Dua Lipa. Oh my God. In that vintage Chanel corset dress, originally modeled by Claudia Schiffer during the Chanel Couture Fall Winter 1992 show, really came out as co-chair. And in that same vein, Em, we have to talk about Nicole Kidman for a second. You know how I feel about Nicole Kidman. To me, she's just the epitome of a movie star. She's in the feathered Chanel gown made famous by her Chanel number five commercial from 2004. And when people first started to see it, I think there was like, wait, is that it? Is that it? And then confirmed it was it. Such a moment. Michaela Cole in that Scaffarelli with the 130,000 crystals and gemstones. Like, and that really took me out. No, that was a good one. Also, Carrie Washington in that Michael Kors. Yes. Penelope Cruz, it's not that it was my favorite look. I just think there is something so regal about her. She was wearing the archival Chanel bridal. Also, Anita and Marc Jacobs, Miranda Kerr and Dior, Rihanna and that Valentino, which I'm going to tell you, yeah, her look was stunning and she made us wait, but so worth the wait. My favorite part of the Rihanna red carpet was... As she's walking, it's just her and ASAP. They're pretty much the only two there. Of course, the photographers are going crazy for her and people are yelling out, you know, Rihanna, my queen. And the pure, I'll call it a A A-Rod-like happiness that ASAP had while being next to her was like, honestly, my favorite thing to witness. He's yelling back to the photographers, yeah, that's my queen too. Like, that's the stuff. It's like to watch him be so proud of being next to her. He is her perfect accessory. And I mean that in the kindest, most 
awe-inducing way. Like that is who Rihanna is. Rihanna needs to walk on a red carpet and have it be completely hers and have somebody who is not only okay with the fact that that's the case, but is just as much a fan of her as the rest of us are. And ASAP Rocky is that. Even the biggest stan in the Navy, ASAP Rocky outdoes them. Yeah, exactly, as he should. Also, not that Paris Hilton's was one of my favorite. I thought she looked beautiful. It wasn't in my tops, but it felt very fitting for her to be there. I actually can't believe this was her first Met Gala. It feels like the kind of thing she would have attended annually. I couldn't believe it either, but I guess I do understand this idea of Paris Hilton really coming into her own and demanding to be taken a little bit more seriously and showing that more serious side of her. And then as a result, you know, being, I don't want to say rewarded, but being honored or or being recognized for that fact. Not that this was one of my tops, but we just haven't really seen Giselle in this type of a way. And there was something about her coming out. Obviously, this is post-divorce. A lot of people were referring to this as the revenge dress. She's in the feathered cape and vintage Chanel gown, which she previously wore for an editorial shoot with Carl. And as I saw photos of her coming out, I consciously said to myself, like, it's not that this is one of my favorite looks, but damn, that is a supermodel. There's something so funny to me about referring to this specific look as Giselle's revenge dress, not because it didn't classify as such, Like there was videos of her twirling in that thing where I was like, holy shit. But the reason I say that is because I really don't think it's possible to be Giselle and leave the house without every single look being a revenge look. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's not a shitty day to be Brady. It's a shitty year to be Brady. Like it's just, it's not, not the position you want to find yourself in. I'll also tell you, Anokiai, holy fuck, like that is a breathtaking human being. Beyond so. People really, really brought it this year. I was in awe for most of the red carpet, I would say. I don't know if that's a popular opinion. Again, I feel like when you and I discuss the red carpet, we always say like, we are not coming at this from the angle of being fashion experts. We don't watch the Mechella with this overly critical eye. Like, I, honestly, most of the time when somebody shows up to a red carpet, we want to like it. And so we're already going in with that mindset. Whereas I think a lot of people go into the red carpet ready to just judge the night away, which is, I totally respect that side of it too. But I don't know, last night felt like every look after look, I was just happy and satisfied and in awe of. I mean, we got to talk about the Kardashians of it all for a second. First, it was Kim, Kendall, and Kylie. Chris was not there, which to me felt like a very notable absence. I mean, I honestly was unaware of how comforted I feel seeing her at the top of those stairs. I know. That was so strange to me. I, I was not expecting that at all. I Yeah. I wonder why. I don't. I really don't know if it was just she couldn't go. There was something going on. Is there a world in which she wasn't invited? Yes, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but I was really shocked by that. I kind of just considered her a consistent. But in terms of what they were wearing, so we have Kendall in that Marc Jacobs number, which I loved. I don't care what anyone says. I felt that this was not at all what I was expecting her to show up in. I fully expected a full gown. And you could tell she felt really comfortable in it, which I think only added to the appeal of the whole thing. I die for Kendall showing a little bit of leg. You know that, or a lot of bit of leg. But I will say also, Em, I think it was the overwhelming opinion that people were very, very pleasantly surprised by this. Well, Kendall gets a lot of criticism for being, quote, boring. And I don't think anyone is calling this boring. Like, even if you didn't like it, it wasn't boring. I would say if I had to rank the three of them from, not my opinion, but what the internet thought of best to worst, it would be Kendall, Kim, Kylie. Oh, see, I would say Kim would be at the bottom. I really saw a lot of people not being into Kim's look, which let's talk about it. So she was in Scap Rally, dripping in pearls. A lot of people are drawing comparisons, which of course was the first thing that I thought of as well, to her iconic 2007 Playboy cover, season one, episode four of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This is the birth of Kris Jenner's You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie line. I, listen, we all know the drill here. I see Kim specifically with her hair up. I'm all in. Like, I just think she is breathtakingly gorgeous and whatever she wears, I'm pretty much on board with it. It wasn't my favorite thing she's ever worn. I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't at my top of the best dress list. Oh, you see, I loved it. I just felt the construction of it perhaps could have been a little bit more visually appealing. But then again, like, what, what do I know? 
<laughs> that is our exact approach to every single red carpet. It's like, here is this opinion we have, but like, it's probably wrong. So like, what do we know? Exactly. Like there's things that I will put my life on the line for. Like I will sit here and give you the most in-depth analysis. I would consider it PhD worthy of Kim and Courtney's arguments. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be some fashion critic. It's just, it's not my thing. I love looking at them, but definitely take my word with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Let's talk about Kylie for a second, because I think we have a little bit more to say than just about the, the look itself. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So Kylie was in this red Hyder Ackerman for JPG number. I thought she looked absolutely beautiful. And again, similar to Kendall, you could tell she felt really comfortable in it. The thing to really discuss here, though, if we want to deep dive it, is that Hyder Ackerman is very, very close friends with Timothy Chalamet. And that video that has now gone viral of Timothy and Kylie talking at Paris Fashion Week was at the show where Hyder Ackerman was presenting the Aquator collection that he guest designed for JPG. So it just feels very, very full circle. And I do wonder, like, you know, as we've discussed, Kylie and Timothy, in some ways, it feels like the most mismatched duo. And then the other side of things, it makes so much sense. I do wonder, is it possible that that was the connection that that's kind of how they were introduced or not introduced, but how they potentially began a relationship? I don't know what any of it means, but I will say that any added context in this current stage of their quote relationship, where we really haven't heard anything in a little while, we really don't know what's going on. It's been pretty much silent since right before Coachella. So any small connection to that degree, even if it means nothing in the grand scheme of their, again, quote, relationship, is just something that I'm interested in right now. Yeah, and also in terms of the ongoing conversation of like, so what do they talk about? I do think we forget that they are both very much in the high fashion world. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry, while we're on the subject, I have to ask you, because you were asleep when this came out. What did you think this morning when you woke up and saw those pictures of Kim and Pete? No. Julie, 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 Julie. There is so much here. You and I have not spoken one word about this to each other until this moment. You realize that? I have waited hours, hours to ask you this question so I could do it live on air. 
Okay, first of all, I have to tell you, I'm so sorry that I fell asleep so early. I was just so tired. I was running out of one and a half hours of sleep from the night before. And like, I I really am sorry that I wasn't awake so we could process that together. But I guess now is even a better time. Okay, for anyone who is unfamiliar, although if you're listening to this, you're not unfamiliar, I'll put the link in the description just anyway. There is a photo of Kim, Pete, and Usher all talking, joking, laughing. There's a lot of smiling going on. It took me out. It took me out. By the way, a Kim Pete interaction alone, but the fact that Usher's now in the equation, forget about it. I want them back together so badly. I'm sorry. I can't think about anything else. I miss them as a couple. I love them as a couple. The Met Gala is such an important part of their story, both because obviously we remember last year, the moment of Pete walking that red carpet with her in the Maryland dress, but then also the Met Gala the year before where Pete had made a comment to her about her hosting SNL and wanted to get her number. And Kim, you know, kind of said this thing where she couldn't because she had her gloves on and they brought it back up in the Met Gala episode from last year's Met Gala. Like it's, it's such a part of their story. So to have two years where Kim X Pete at the Met Gala was a thing. And then even with them broken up, we still get something. I'm nothing but thankful. Okay, so my favorite part about this interaction was that it really solidified our theory that they are totally on good terms. Yes. As we know, he's in a new relationship. He's dating Chase Suey Wonders. From what we know, Kim is single. It's not like you're looking at this photo evaluating how high the sexual tension was, meaning that they are going to have this rendezvous after the after party. If he was single, I would be thinking that, but he's not, so I'm not. But like, it, it just... This is a weird word to use to describe this photo. Can I tell you what it was for me? It was heartwarming. I looked at this and I saw the way that he was looking at her just with such a smile. And I was like, wow, these are friendly exes. These are two people that share this moment in time that was very intimate for so many reasons. And they can now exist in the world separately, but with a lot of love and respect for one another. That is exactly the reality that I have been telling myself exists. So then to see photographic evidence of it, it just felt good. I am smiling so much thinking about this picture. (laughs) Like, listen, I so agree with you. He has a girlfriend. We've seen photos of them interacting most recently from the Bupkis premiere where, you know, they are co-stars in that together and they were looking at each other very lovingly on the red carpet and his whole family is there and all of his friends are there. And it's a very big thing for their relationship that they are together for that moment. However, I'm sorry I'm not a big enough person to look at the way that Pete is looking at Kim in that picture and not have an extreme visceral reaction to that beyond just heartwarming. Okay, but the way that he was looking at her to me was really consistent with what we thought, which is that in my opinion, he holds Kim in the highest regard you can hold another person. And not to say it's not mutual, but like specifically because of everything that was going on with Connie at the time, Pete had a first row seat to the superpower Kim holds that everyone constantly talks about, which is calm in the face of serious chaos. And he saw what she had to take with everything going on with Connie. And I think that this is like totally me making up a a narrative that may not exist, but I really do believe it to be true. I think that he was in awe of the way that she was able to handle all of that. In addition to all of the other things. And like, I don't know, there was just this part of me when I saw him looking at her, my mind, which is very atypical for me, it didn't go to like, what he may be thinking sexually. It really didn't. It went to more so like, wow, these are two people that shared such a time in both of their lives that they're never going to forget. And he has nothing but like warmth and love for that. Yeah. I mean, it was so much less about what he was thinking and so much more about what I was thinking and what I want. (laughs) Do you want them? If you could choose right now, you'd want them back together, even knowing that, okay, wait, follow up. Even knowing that most likely there would be an expiration date. Yeah. Like I, I don't care. Like I just, I look back on that time with, okay. The way that I can explain it is that I remember such specific pop culture events that shaped my love of pop culture when we were growing up. And they are so cemented in my mind to the point where I can close my eyes and see the Us Weekly or the People magazine on the rack as my mom's checking out in the grocery store and know how shaped by those events I was in terms of the fact that it led me to this moment right here, sitting on a podcast, recounting the Met Gala. The way that I feel about Kim and Pete's relationship is like, A, that was one where like, that will stick with me forever in the same way those events did. But I also feel like there is somebody out there that discovered a love of pop culture for the first time because of that relationship. And it is so perfectly warranted because it was such a time. And it, 
again, on top of all of that, it wasn't just the fact that it was such a crazy pop culture event for us. It was that I also, in experiencing their relationship through Kim's eyes, through the show, through bits and pieces that we got, also really loved them together. I know. It's like, as you're talking, I am so on your page in so many ways. I'm nodding vigorously because yes, that was definitely the thing that started someone else's love of pop culture. And this whole Met Gala can go on. We have unbelievable looks. We have fashion history in some ways being made. Meanwhile, for me, yeah, if you're going to ask me honestly, it's the photo of Kim, Pete, and Usher. That's the thing I want to talk about the most. Like That is what I'm the most drawn to. I guess for me, because I view their relationship as having such an expiration date, this is going to sound fucked up. I don't mean it to. In some ways, there's a part of me that feels as though it's stopping Kim from reaching what will be her forever. So like, I'm so happy to have it for the time that we did it got every ounce of it that we did. We got amazing footage of it. We got Mechala red carpet last year. You know, shit will never get. And now we're moving on to her explaining in her confessional in this season of Kardashians what went on. But like, I think for me, I'm so happy to preserve it as a moment in time and know that as much as I would want it to continue, it's probably for everyone's best interest that it doesn't. Yeah. And I wish I was mature enough to feel that way too. <laughs> By the way, like POV or Usher. No, POV your usher. And you're like, listen, Pete, you guys may have dated, but she showed up to my concert two times and an attempted third. Like we are, we are not the same anymore. <laughs> no. And honestly, I think in the entire time of witnessing him on social media, usher could be one of the ones she's fangirled for the hardest. If he wasn't in a relationship, I would already be saying he, we're about to see something here, but unfortunately we're not going to. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously talk about that more extensively in the Kardashian recap because, of course, we have to discuss the Kamorali of it all. I think for me, the thing about this photo is also that it's the perfect illustration of why the Met Gala is different than so many of these other events because let's say they ran into each other at the Grammys, at the Oscars, at one of these other events. There are so many more people there. There's so much more chaos, which, yes, outside there is. But once you're actually inside... There aren't plus ones. It's If you are there, you are attending for a very specific reason because Anna Wintour approved your name on a list. And so I just think that there is probably an ease with which people converse because they know they're not being watched in the same type of way. Not to say they're not being watched. Of course, there are photographers. Of course, people are taking content. But in a totally different way that I have to imagine leads to some of these more authentic and relaxed interactions. Yeah, the Met Gal is funny because... And I can't say that I always did this. I think it's something that I've realized relatively recently. But it's the type of event where you want to pay attention in the coming months about new relationships and who's dating who or any celebrity rumors, because at the core of it, <laughs> the Met Gala is like a Raya-sponsored event on crack. Like, yes. you know what I mean? You never get that many celebrities from this many walks of life in a room together. And there are so many relationships that are spawned from meeting at the Met Gala. And it's something that we don't really realize because we're not overly privy to the inside. What we get is a couple of pictures. We get the official you know, Met Gala photographer that's in there, some bathroom selfies, somebody who brought a camera on their own accord and took a couple of pictures in there. But really, celebrities feel very safe in there. And there's a lot of mingling that goes on and a lot of stuff that you don't see, for example, during an award show where you can't really get up and talk to the people that aren't at your table. Like, the Met Gala is the one event where you want to be a fly on the wall for the inside of it more than anywhere else, with the exception of maybe the after party. Yes, I know. I know. Honestly, there should be like a Met sponsored position of a matchmaker that isn't necessarily responsible for introducing people in the moment, but is kind of just there, eyes and ears, witnessing interactions going back to those people's managers, agents, assistants, and kind of communicating, oh, th this could be a, this could be a hit. And like, you have to, okay, wait, dream job. I want that job so badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No dream job unlocked, honestly, that person, but okay. The way this is my dream, every celebrity attending, assuming they're single, they have to decide whether or not to opt in. And if you're opting in, you're basically opting into being observed and then potentially being contacted if someone feels as though there's a match. That right there, right there, that is my dream job. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep, and it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowlin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BowlinBranch.com. That's Bowlin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Also, two pregnancy announcements on the carpet last night, Carly Claus and Serena Williams. Carly's Insta caption was, babies first met. And Serena's was, was so excited when Adam and Tor invited the three of us to the Met Gala. I don't know why, like I had not once thought about whether or not Serena and Alexis were going to have another kid. But when I saw that, I like gasped. I was so excited. It's so funny because it didn't click for me at first for some reason. And I think it's because I was thinking about North potentially going as Kim's date to the Met Gala, or at least the red carpet. I know they have the under 18 rule. And so I was like, oh, big night for kids. Like I, I was like, Serena and Alexis are bringing Olympia to the Met Gala. Like really big night for them, for Stormy, for Penelope potentially. Like a lot of kids at this event. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> It was kind of an unbelievable way to do it. Although I agree with you. I thought that North was going to walk at least the carpet with Kim. That's what I thought too. Yeah. You know what there was a lot of on top of pregnancy announcements? A lot of exes for a Met Gala. Yeah. I mean, we had obviously Kim and Pete, Pete and Emrata, Pete and Margaret Qualley, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, Suki Waterhouse and Bradley Cooper, Irina Shake and Bradley Cooper, Throwing this one back 24 years, but Diddy and J-Lo, and I'm sure others that we aren't even aware of. I am sure that is a thing every single year, and I am sure that it was just because of Pete and Kim that I was hyper aware of it, but it did feel like a lot this year, and it did feel like very relevant ones. And the thing I'll say about Pete, though, is that one thing about dating women that are seemingly out of your league, you're going to have to see them at the Met Gala. Yeah, you're going to have to see them at the Met Gala. I was honestly shocked that he went. You know what we, we didn't even mention? Because I know on the whole, of course, there were many exceptions. But on the whole, of course, the men were a little bit more underwhelming. Something about Bradley Cooper and sunglasses was doing it for me. Let me tell you something about the men at the Met Gala. If we go through with our little idea of a matchmaker that just observes and then pairs people up based on what they've seen at the Met Gala... I'm putting my name in for whoever's observing Maluma that night. Oh, forget about it. Honestly, Bad Bunny not looking so bad. I love what he was wearing. They're really doing it, huh, Em? They are doing it, you guys. Like, what, what, a month ago, we're talking about the rumors about potentially Kendall and Bad Bunny, and now it's just been heating up, heating up. It's Coachella, it's this, that. They didn't walk the carpet together, which we knew they weren't going to, but... He left with Kim, Kendall, and Kylie in the van back to the Ritz, and they went to the after party at Zero Bond together. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what their interactions are like, but they are a very visually appealing couple. Something I was thinking about is that when we were talking about Kylie and Timmy potentially being at the Met Gala at the same time, not together, just both there, we were saying there's no shot they would ever walk the red carpet together. But what we could potentially get is a photo of them leaving together, very a la Channing Tatum, Zoe Kravitz. But the discussion that we didn't have was about Kendall and Bad Bunny doing that. And it's funny because when I saw them leaving together, I was like, oh yeah, of course, duh. Like, of course they were going to end the night together. Of course, that's how it was going to go. But we never even had the discussion about it. I know. I For some reason, it's just like hard for me to wrap my mind around 
Kim, Kendall, and Kylie, and then Bad Bunny in the same like hotel suite getting ready to leave. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden that's when I have those moments of like, how do you all know each other? I know. I I know. That's exactly what the Met Gala is though. It's like, how do you all know each other? Like I know how I I know you guys, but how do you guys know you guys? You know each other. I know. By the way, you know who we didn't mention when we were saying exes? By the way, I'm sure we missed a million others, but the one that just came to me, Kendall and ASAP. Yes. If you guys remember one of the like more glued in my mind photos of the two of them was from the Met Gala. I think Kylie took it. It was, I think, the year when Kylie was blonde, she wore Versace and Kendall was in that like sheer black moment. And there was a photo of him like holding her ass. I totally forgot about that. That was such a good column. I didn't even think about that. And I will say that when I was thinking about all of the exes there, I was looking online at different articles that were posted about the exes being there because I guess other people had picked up on that as well, clearly. And not one single one of them mentioned Kendall and ASAP. Well, it was such a wishy-washy one kind of, you know, we never got the type of content that we're getting now, but it was enough to know that it was definitely going on. I mean, and then the other thought is the amount of exes or ex hookups or like one night stands that happened in that room that we never knew about and will never know about. I know, but I really do believe that this night is the inception for many hookups. Forget about many relationships, many hookups to take place. If you're going to do it, why wouldn't you do it post a Met Gala after party? Or during, by the way. If there is one thing that I can always do during a Met Gala discussion, it's A, hypothesize over who could have potentially hooked up, and B, (laughs) bring everything back to the heavenly bodies theme. Like I am a high schooler that graduated 10 years ago that never got over being the most popular girl in school. Nor should you. Nothing will ever top that. Rihanna walking out, forget about it. Best look of all time, of all time. Yeah. I mean, just overall, what a night, what a time to be a lover of pop culture. I know this is more of a general overview. We didn't go so deep on any one thing. I'm sure there are many people that do that very well. Other things we got to get to, but yeah, what a time to be alive. What an air in New York City. And Anna Wintour, you gave us some great content to talk about. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, if you are ready, I would really like to get into a little conversation on everything going on with Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. I was absolutely born ready. Yeah, fucking born ready for this one. Okay, so brief moment of background. They have been filming their rom-com called Anyone But You. And there's been a lot of chemistry during the promo red carpets that are causing people to think potential dating, affair rumors, all of that. We'll get into it in a second. Just brief moment of context in terms of their individual relationships. Glenn Powell had been dating his girlfriend, Gigi Paris, since 2019, and they very recently broke up, not necessarily because of these rumors, but 
certainly amidst these rumors. Sydney is engaged to her fiance, Jonathan DeVino. They got engaged in February, 2022. They've been together since 2018. And he is not in the public eye. According to TMZ, he comes from a family that owns device technology and a packaging company. He himself also has worked as a restaurateur. So seemingly a guy that does well, but by no means famous. Which Sydney has spoken about this in an interview with Cosmo. She said, I don't date actors or musicians or anyone in entertainment because I can just be normal Sid that way and it's easiest. I have a great support system. I have people who will battle for me and allow me to be on the pedestal and shine without making me feel like, oh no, I'm shining too bright and I need to step back. So this all really reached ahead in terms of the rumors during CinemaCon. They were on this red carpet. There's this one particular interview. She's in this pink outfit. He's in kind of like a brownish gray collared shirt. And I'm obviously going to put the link in the description. The chemistry is just palpable. Listen, this is a tale as old as time. Two co-stars with an upcoming rom-com coming out, kind of putting it on for the camera during press to increase public interest, thus increasing the amount of people that go to see the movie. However, (laughs) this one felt a little more real to me. Okay. The moment that really got me was at CinemaCon. But it wasn't that red carpet moment that you're referring to. It's the report that came out when they were doing their presentation at CinemaCon where Sydney Sweeney referred to him as Top Gun. She was like, okay, Top Gun. And he was like, I love when she calls me that. To me, I was like, that's the sluttiest thing I've ever heard in my time on earth. I've never, I love when she calls me that with a girlfriend at home. Please, sir, please. That is like when you when we were talking about uh, Timothy Chalamet saying to Kiki Palmer, "Yeah, tell your mommy I said hi." No, that was tame in comparison. That was Timothy on his best behavior in comparison to Glenn Powell saying, "I love when she calls me that." And I'm sorry, her saying, "Okay, Top Gun, stop it right now." This really took off, like I said, CinemaCon, which was April 24th. April 26th is when his now ex-girlfriend, Gigi Paris, Instagrammed a video of herself where she's kind of walking away. And the caption is, know your worth and on to the next, which was you know confirmation that the two had split, which really thickened the plot because you hear all this stuff, even the breakup rumors about them, there had been no confirmation. And then when she posted that, I was like, wait a second. Of course, immediately after that, there were photos of Sydney's fiance, Jonathan, leaving their house with his bags packed, which that one felt a little bit more like bullshit because for all we know, he could have been going on a trip, although it very beautifully and kind of seamlessly fed this narrative that they were also splitting up. After that, the two were spotted together on kind of a date night. I just, here's my thing, right? Like, I'm not saying they're hooking up. I'm not saying that they actually did anything. But to me, that is not faked chemistry. To me, Sydney Sweeney was looking at him the way that you look at a guy that you really want to see what he looks like naked. No, that chemistry can't be faked. The thing that I'll say is, I think this comes from an episode of Friends, actually, and it has really held true, which is if two people are acting like they have such an extreme amount of chemistry, they're acting like they're flirting, they're literally you could swear they're about to hook up. It means they're not hooking up. And as soon as they're really awkward with each other and the chemistry doesn't seem to be there, that's when they've actually hooked up. And so the whole time I was thinking like, I don't think anything happened. I don't think they would be this blatant about it. But especially for Gigi Paris, who seemingly ended the relationship in the middle of all of this. And that wasn't a short relationship. It wasn't like they had been dating for a couple of weeks and decided to call it quits. They'd been together for a couple of years. I would say if I had to guess, if I were her, it's not necessarily that anything happened, but there is a certain amount of disrespect in allowing the public to believe that there was and playing into that when you have a girlfriend. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're only playing into it if you're aware that you're playing into it. Oh, they're so aware. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that it's not partially intentionally. Obviously, they are looking to increase audience curiosity, thus making more money at the box office. At the same time, though, like, I kind of think this was them toning it down. Yes, of course, you could make the argument that that was studied and that was very intentional and it was all a PR strategy. Of course, and you could be right. There, I just know those eyes. Like I know the way that she was looking at him. You can't like. Let me let me clarify. You know? Let me clarify. Let me clarify. No part of me is at all saying that that chemistry is faked. That it's a PR stunt. That that's all they're doing it for. Absolutely not. That chemistry is a hundred percent real. We are going to see that chemistry in the movie. 
we are, especially because it's like an R-rated movie, as, as Glenn Powell so eloquently put it. My position is that, A, I don't think that they're definitely hooking up. Like, I really don't. And B, I think they're really, really happy to play into what already exists. That's the main thing. Okay, so here's the question, though. Was his breakup with Gigi Paris as a result of this? See, that's my position in what I was saying before. I think that even if nothing happened, she felt disrespected by how blatant this whole thing was. I don't know, Julie. I have a hard time believing that. They have been dating since 2019. If genuinely nothing happened, I I don't know. I, I think that to break up with someone of four years because of speculation that could easily be written off as just you know, trying to create hype for the movie. I feel like something more must have gone down. I'm not saying Sydney related necessarily. Like it's possible that they were maybe a little bit on the rocks and this kind of pushed it over the edge. I don't think it was like everything was copacetic and then this happened. I just don't think so. Especially because Sydney's engaged. Would you want to see your boyfriend have this much chemistry with somebody else, even if nothing happened? No, obviously not. But I also think when your boyfriend is an actor and he's playing a lead role across from like one of the bombshells of the moment. Of, of course, you know, the internet is going to run with this and like. But not about the internet. It's not about the internet, which is exactly what this whole conversation is. The whole conversation is that even if nothing happened, this chemistry can't be fake. This chemistry between the two of them is very, very real. Even if they've never acted on it, even if they've never hooked up, there is clearly something that is magnetic between the two of them. There is no part of me that would ever want or be able to watch my boyfriend have that much of a connection, a real connection with somebody else. You think it's grounds for a breakup? Listen, it totally depends on the girl too, or depends on the guy. If there is an insecurity already there and this is hitting on that, yeah, of course this is grounds for the breakup. If you think your relationship is 100% perfect, you have absolutely zero fears, you know you know, your boyfriend's acting method and you know just how he does things and you know that at the end of the day, he's always coming home to you and you know he's 100% faithful and giving your relationship everything he has, then no, it's not grounds for a breakup necessarily. But if you don't feel that way and you are not 100,000% secure in what you have, then absolutely it is. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I think other things were going on. I don't think everything was perfect and this was the thing. Maybe this tipped it over the edge, but- No, no, no. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, a, I'm yeah. on your page. I mean, again, though, okay, well, let me let me be clear. That's only if we are operating under the belief that nothing had really happened, right? And that- what I'm saying, just to clarify my point, is that I don't think everything was totally fine. These rumors started to come because of some very real palpable chemistry, and that was a thing. However, it is possible if something really did happen and Sydney and her fiance are just down to work through it, but Gigi Paris is like, no way. That's, I'm again, who the fuck knows, but that is another alternate reality to consider. Because right now we're coming at it from the belief of like, well, nothing probably happened. It's possible right. that it did. You can't write that off. No, it's possible of that it did. And that's, yeah. Of course. Oh my God. I just like, you know what? It's doing what it's supposed to do. Cause one thing about me, I'm gonna see this movie. <laughs> oh my God. I will be there midnight. We don't do that I anymore. Know. There's never like a midnight premiere to go to. I want a midnight premiere for this movie. Yeah. It's just, they really, and also the photos of them in between scenes filming, like when they were in the water. It's, it's too hot. I agree. It's, yeah, it's, I know. it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. I No part of me is saying that I think Sydney Sweeney is leaving her relationship for Glenn Powell. However, you know, stranger things have happened. Certainly. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. 
Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Okay, so we have not formally discussed Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage's Vegas wedding. The last time we really discussed this was when there was speculation about it. We had heard rumors. We had heard that Kim was one of six guests in attendance. Little do we know, this was an entire production. They took Kim Eyre to Vegas. Kim officiated the wedding. Shania Twain's surprise performance. I mean, we got matching tattoos. We got Chris Appleton's entire family on Kim Eyre. Like, whoa, this, the way that this went from just speculation to a full-blown event is really something. It was more than anything I could have asked for. Yeah, I mean, this is the content we live for, which let me just say, I should have said this at the beginning, we're now entering the Kardashian recap. So if you have no interest in the Kardashians, you're not going to care about this next segment, <laughs> the, the deep dive of Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage's wedding officiated by Kim. But something I found to be really interesting is that when Kim first posted about it, her initial caption started with, there's no one I would have officiated a rock and roll Vegas wedding for other than Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage. And she then changed it to, I was so honored to be able to officiate a wedding in Vegas. I couldn't be happier for you both. Da, da, da. Meaning, I don't necessarily think that it was intentional initially, but I think she was definitely made aware that that caption initially felt as though it was shade to Courtney and Travis. Amidst the trailer for season three, I am eating up every single bit of that. Trailer or no trailer, I'm eating up every single bit of that because, by the way, here's the thing. It's true. Like, I, honest to God, I don't think that she posted that caption at all with the intent of like slighting Courtney and Travis. I really don't think that it was a thought for her. And then once she realized, like, oh shit, she changed it because she wasn't trying to create that drama specifically around this. However, I think that still stands true. She would rather officiate Chris Appleton's wedding than Courtney's. You know, <laughs> I have to say, it's one thing to say, like, no wedding I would rather officiate for is a, you know, Vegas eloping. She threw that word rock and roll in there, and that was like a gut punch. You think it was intentional? I don't know if it was intentional, but I mean, come on, rock and roll? That's like if I was like, there's no best friend I would rather have with red nails and then posted a picture of somebody else. (laughs) Maybe it was just like, yeah, maybe she was thinking it. Maybe it was like a Freudian slip. There's no better feeling though than catching somebody changing their caption. Like that is like, you feel like you are literally Sherlock fucking Holmes in that moment. I know it is the best feeling. When I sent that to you, I was like, wait a second. Well, I also, which is a little bit besides the point, but you know how Sophia Richie's honeymoon destination is like largely speculated as being the Maldives, but people aren't a hundred percent sure because it's been undisclosed. She posted something with the location saying Maldives and then like a minute later removed it, but I caught it that it was there. That honeymoon, Julie, like what a way to finish off that wedding weekend. When we said it's hard to see someone living our dreams, we knew it was going to carry over into the honeymoon. But to this extent, God, God. No, the, the movie night on the beach, that is the shit that I live for. Beyond. It's just like, I, I don't even have the words for it still. Like I'm still processing the wedding. So then for the honeymoon to be this like romantic getaway in the Maldives, the flower petals, him doing the voiceovers of her get ready with me. I'm like, wait a second. I like still needed a minute from the first event. I know. No, they're not letting us breathe. We also have to talk about 
Kim at Usher. So this is what we were saying earlier. Basically, when Kim went for Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage's wedding in Vegas, they went to the Usher show. And we then see a few days later, she's posting on the jet saying, my girls group chat was pissed that I went to Vegas for Usher without them. So I brought them back. And the girls group chat is her, Chloe, Tracy, Steph Shepard, Natalie Halcrow, Olivia Pierce. Keep in mind, Kimora appeared in Usher's music video for Nice and Slow 25 years ago. And so they're at the show and Usher comes over to her and basically is serenading her with his new song, Glue. And you could see she's both loving it and also so uncomfortable, but Kim and Chloe are living for it. Like there you have Chloe opening Kimora's legs while Usher's on top of her. Kim is just losing it. Like it was so fun to witness. You felt like you were there. I would watch actually, and I texted this to you as it was happening. I would watch a TV show that was just Kim and her friends going to different concerts. I know. And again, not to bring it back to this, I don't mean to. I know we've been talking about it so much, although I just like, I could never stop talking about it. This is what I meant with the Courtney element when we were saying in the trailer one of like, yes, we know for a fact Courtney isn't in this group chat, which I know this whole thing sounds so juvenile, but just bear with me for a second. However, it's not like technically if Courtney wanted to come, she wouldn't be able to go. It's that this is the prime example of an event where like Courtney would just rather be with Travis. That is where she wants to spend the majority of her time with Travis, with their kids in that little bubble. And so these are the types of things where I, it's not that I think Courtney sees this and is like, fuck, I really wish that I was there because she knows if she wanted to go, she could. It's just naturally there has, in addition to whatever tension is really brewing, there's also been this divide because of the way in which they choose to spend their time. You know, I had that thought also seeing Penelope and North be with Kim for the Met Gala and it being Scott instead of Courtney. Whereas maybe in the past couple of years, it wouldn't have been Courtney with her, but there was certainly a period of time where it 100% would have been and Courtney would have been very happy and proud to accompany Kim in that manner. Things are just, dynamics are just not nearly what they are anymore. And I am beyond words intrigued by it. And again, I agree with you. I don't think it's a thing where Courtney sees that and is like, oh, I wish I was there. Like, oh, I wish I was in that group chat and they had invited me. I think it's a thing where Courtney is like, I wish things were different. Like, I think that, I think Courtney really paid attention in the moment that she's with that group or she's with Kim and Chloe. And she's like, pay attention to how you feel. Like, this doesn't feel good for me. And so she removed herself. And so she opted out of doing things like that. I don't think that necessarily means that she's happy to not be there. I just think she knows it's for the best for her not to be there. But, you know, I do. I think she wishes things were different. I think they all do. Yeah, on some level, I think so too. But I think they've also all become really comfortable with this current reality. Meaning like, I don't think Kim and Chloe are at the Usher show and thinking they wish Courtney was there. Nor do I think she's looking at it thinking she wants to come. I think they've just accepted that that is, at least for now, the current reality. I certainly don't think they're at the Usher show wishing she was there. No, like that's what I'm saying. It's not, it, I. it's so crazy. It's like, it's almost feels self-isolating, but not necessarily in a bad way because I actually think she would so much rather be doing what she's doing. There's just you know, objectively a divide that has kind of formed and to watch it play out, even in these ways that are subliminal, like they're not posting this content with Courtney in mind. You know, it's not something that your average person looks at that content and is thinking about Courtney's absence. I just think if we want to consider that, this is a prime example of, you know, where that would come up. I don't know. There's so much there. That's like, honestly, my favorite conversation to have. That's why I was so glad we could really break down that trailer. I can't wait to actually get those episodes because I feel like as much as I think I know the dynamics, I need to be like fully armed with as much information as possible to continue talking about it. Yeah, I, you and me both. Okay, is there anything else that you would like to mention? I know we kind of just jumped around today. I would definitely say this wasn't our, our tightest episode, but you know what shit happens? <laughs> should we, should we let the cat out, out of the bag now? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guys, go to start fucking recording and there is this construction like... I think the worst that has ever gone on, it's not in my building, it's outside. I don't know what it is. Nothing will will help it. So I am currently in the closet in my apartment. That is, It's not a walk-in closet, by the way, <laughs> like at all. I have the door closed, just not entirely because I'm afraid that if I fully close it, it won't open. I The microphone is propped up on an Amazon box. I have my soundproof panels covering 
the door slash my clothing. This was like, I would say, would you agree, Julie, top three most stressful recording processes logistically of our lives? It is 4.15 p.m. We have been on Zencaster since 11 a.m. Thanks for bearing with us. Obviously, this episode is coming out on Wednesday now because we're just going to send it to our producer after this first round. But okay, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And until next year's Met. Thank you.